10, 15. Back up field at the 35 to the 40. 45, 50. Pass the 50. 35, 40. Pass the 30. To the 20. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Old College Try. This is your host, Tim Highland, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, as I speak these words, it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Isn't it's all in front of us. All the greatness and glory <laughs> is smack dab in front of us. Uh, a couple people I know have to work tomorrow. I am not among them. Me either, so, uh, yeah. For me... Uh, it doesn't really get much better than this, although it certainly will on Friday and Saturday because what a slate of games. The entire weekend, I mean, from Thursday and through sun- Saturday is just absolutely fantastic. And of course, you throw in the greatest holiday of the year. How can you not be so excited, Mike? And plus, the Egg Bowl has moved back to Thanksgiving night. I applaud that. Yes. That's great. That's a great Thanksgiving night matchup. Um, Two awesome games on Friday night with West Virginia, Oklahoma, and the Apple Cup, both critically important. And then, of course, Saturday all day, um, rivalry after rivalry uh, with stakes that, again, couldn't be higher. So it's great. It's a great time for America, Tim. We haven't been able to say that a lot lately, but uh, <laughs> we certainly can this week. I feel like the past couple of weeks we've gone into weekends feeling like there's not been the, the greatest schedule. And, of course, in the end, there's been some fantastic games, right? Yeah. We'll this weekend, we are we are absolutely absolutely guaranteed to have several amazing games. It's just setting yeah. up for like, I think one of the greatest weekends in a long long time. You look at the schedule and it's just it's mind blowing how good it's going to be. So I cannot I cannot wait again from Thursday and like for the Egg Bowl to be back on Thanksgiving night. That's that is just perfect, right, Mike? Yeah. Perfect. It, as long if we can't have Texas Texas A and M anymore on Thanksgiving night, which I did love. Uh, the Egg Bowl, that's a great number, too, because it's a, it's a nasty rivalry. The fans are into it no matter what. Again, there's not a lot to play for this year. No. Ole Miss is not bowl eligible in Mississippi State. You know, they're going to a bowl. Uh, but but it, yet, if you're from Mississippi, you have everything to play for. That's what makes college football great. Mike, before we get to next week, let's look back on last week. What was your weekend of college football? Well, as you said, we uh, we poo-pooed the schedule on the show last week, and rightfully so, because on paper, nothing really jumped out. But uh, it turned out to be a very, very entertaining day of, of football. Uh, I was at home, and I watched tons and tons of football from the comfort of my couch from noon till question mark. And uh, Maryland and Indiana could not have played better. Of course, no. neither one won, <laughs> no. but in terms of offering up great effort, and top quality entertainment, neither neither could have played better. And so the Maryland-Ohio State game, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little more in depth, was off the charts. We haven't had – it's been an entertaining year, but there haven't been the, the you know, the stunning upsets or the, or the super memorable games. I mean, I was trying to come up with a list, and like Clemson-Texas Clemson, A&M, West Virginia-Texas, yeah. Ohio State-Penn State, and the two – Oklahoma rivalry games, Bedlam and the Red River shootout were the ones that, that came to mind. But Maryland, Ohio State might have been better than them all. There were so many subplots, and Maryland played their ass off. They really just – it was it was a maximum effort for Maryland. I applaud all the, all the people on their team. But, you know, in the end, chalk held up again. Ohio State won, Michigan won. There have not been a lot of uh, upsets or movement in the top ten. No, but it, it was an unexpectedly great Saturday football. And yeah. We'll get into the house of that game later. That was that was mind-blowing. Uh, Mike, we mentioned, of course, top of the show, that it is Thanksgiving weekend. It's the best weekend of the year. I've decided this year, Mike, so as, as listeners may know, I always host Thanksgiving. It's my rule. Our rule here is, like, like for holidays, this holiday is ours. If you want to find us, you'll find us at our house, right? <laughs> That's a, it's a great rule, especially for someone with a brood of your size. <laughs> right. So this year, and I always cook. I, I, I love cooking for Thanksgiving. Um, I'm thinking of adding a second meat to the equation. 
So great idea. Turkey and something else. So it could be turkey and fish, or turkey and a smoked meat on the smoker mic. Or I think it's smoker. It seems like Thanksgiving is a perfect day for smoking some food. So my thought is like, what is the perfect complement meat wise to? The, so turkey's got a unique kind of flavor to it, right? So what's the mm-hmm. best contrast? I think pork is it. Is it right? Pork. Yeah, I was gonna say that or a brisket maybe. Yeah. If you're if you're working with the smoker, uh, um, I can't remember what food show it was on. But I saw this woman prepare a turkey. The whole thing was wrapped in bacon. Uh. And she was talking about how <laughs> the bacon fat drips into the turkey. And the, the orgasmic look on the host of the, of the food show when he, <laughs> when he tried the turkey made me very, very, very jealous. So maybe, maybe pork is it. We'll see. All right. I'll let you know next week. Okay, Mike? Please, next please week, yes. do. All right. News items. Real quick. Uh, Les Miles has been hired as the new coach at Kansas. Thoughts? Very eyebrow raising. There's been a lot of takes on this, of course. The the uh, college football national media took a page out of one Tim Hyland's book and started recommending that all terrible Power Five schools hire a triple option coach, which you have been saying for years and years and years and yes, years. Yes. Les Miles is not that. No. Did you hear the? Did you happen to hear uh, Chris um, Childer and Newhazel ripping on Les Miles today on the radio? <laughs> no. Quite amusing. He was not the most eloquent or articulate in his uh, press conference. But from what I've read, the AD there at Kansas wanted someone with name recognition who can uh, help with fundraising. And recruiting. And, and recruiting and excite, kind of excite a, um, a fan base that's been in a, you know, decades, if not century-long malaise, which is understandable. They've been moribund, right, Mike? I don't, I don't know if Les Miles is that guy. <laughs> I, I really don't know. And the, the irony, I think, is that Kansas is – gotten a lot better this year right they only have three wins i think but they've been in almost all their games their defense has improved and uh, i'm just curious as to why they're changing coaches now they're, I, they're going they're going against my philosophy of, of if you're a sorry team you keep your coach for however almost you know five six years at a bare minimum see i think people are like kind of poo-pooing this hire here's why it's mm-hmm. a good hire to, to my mind he less miles will recruit players right mm-hmm. Not great players, but he will get Kansas from a three-win team to a six-seven-win team. I think within two years, right? That that'd be a fantastic uh, accomplishment. There. And then he can hand it off to someone who can take, then take it to the next level. I think <laughs> there's a, there's a, a mutual understanding of what his job is. It's not to get Kansas to like the Big Twelve championship. No, obviously not. It's to make them not horrible, and he'll do yeah. that. All right, interesting. We, you know, I've been thinking. We talk a lot about the worst teams in the Power Five on this <laughs> on this show. It's just kind of entertaining. If you want Rutgers or Kansas coverage, we're your podcast. Mike, uh, Mike McIntyre fired at Colorado. T- to me, this is crazy. Two years ago, Mike McIntyre led them to a ten and four record. Yeah, and they won the South. And they're firing him now. It's like what? Like yeah. again, who are you hiring? Colorado. Yeah, you know, so many coaches in a row have failed there. Yeah. And having gone on our trip there this year, I understand Colorado probably not the most fertile state for players. There's no players but, there because there's no yeah, people there. <laughs> it's true. There are no players there. But I feel like you could recruit people to Boulder, Colorado. I think you're – I mean, look, they won a national championship within 25 years. They can compete there. They're in the Pac-12 South, which is wide open. The campus is incredible. Uh, you know, I don't – I don't see why it's as hard a job as it's turned out to be. And, of course, I don't have, you know, the inside story about the facilities, how much they pay the coaches, all that kind of stuff. But uh, it seems like it should be an easier place. For me, to me, it seems like it should be an easier place to win than it it really has turned out to be. I think the reality is the same as as Oregon. When you have to fly all your players in, because there's no players in Denver. There's none, right? So you, you have to fly all your players in from somewhere else. That's a big recruiting job, Mike. That's hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I I can see that. But uh, having been there, I love the campus and the atmosphere and the, the stadium. And I I don't know. I thought I think I think they could be more consistent winner than they are. No, I, I think you and I as like outside people, like see like oh what a cool place to go to college. <laughs> Correct. But again, you know, when you're being offered to go everywhere, you have options, Mike. That's true. But uh, if Rick Neuheisel couldn't win there, I don't know who can. Right. Um. Mike, so Clay Helton has not yet been fired, right? Yeah, that seems like it's only a matter of time, though. You can't lose to UCLA. So I, I'm curious, 
for your thoughts on this. So that immediately, like last night, people that I think you and I both respect, um, Pat Forty, Stuart Mandel, and uh, the last guy, I forget his name, but um, their, their first candidate for the – if Clay Helton's fired at USC, they were talking about James Franklin going to USC. And I'm wondering what your thoughts on that, Mike. Well, I, I've read all this, and I, I find it uh, thoroughly perplexing. Why would he do that? Can US, USC pay more than Penn State? You know, for me, as I always say, it comes down to money. <laughs> Can USC pay more than Penn State? I doubt that, right? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe. Who knows? And why? I don't. I just don't see why James Franklin would do that, unless, of course, he has some kind of poor um, relationship with the AD, or you know, unless there's something happening at Penn State that we don't know about. Right. I don't see why. I, that to me, that's a lateral move. So this is the discussion then became today on, of course, you love Twitter, Mike. Um, what is the better job, USC or Penn State? And someone asked me, like, what's the better job? And I'm like, well, in some respects, Penn State's a better job. But in other respects, USC's a better job. USC has more access to talent within like 20 miles of campus, right? True. Um, facilities wise, Penn State is miles better. Than USC. Penn State has over a hundred thousand fans in their in their on campus stadium every game. Well, US, did you see the attendance at the USC UCLA game in the yeah, Rose not, Bowl? Not great. No. Terrible. Right. So um, I mean, I just for, general for, passion. Yeah, I don't know. So for you, Mike, what's the better job, USC or Penn State? Because history says USC is the better job. Yeah, I I, I kind of see. I, I don't know. I I think they're very 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 close. Um, the one thing that I that I would go back to is it seems like it would be a little easier to win at USC because of the division yes. you're in. Yes. I um, mean, when you have to go through Michigan and Ohio State every year, not to mention Maryland and Indiana, uh, that is a tall task. And USC does not have those kind of obstacles in the Pac-12 South. So that might be a, a little defining thing. But then again, I don't know. It depends on who pays more. That it, There's no way he's going for – either the same salary or less money. You would agree with that, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So if they open up the checkbook and give him, you know, five to $10 million more or somehow come up with a Jimbo Fisher type of contract, then I could say USC is a better job and he's going. Mike, by the way, my yes. apologies to Rick Neuheisel, his record at Colorado for the four years, 10 and two, 10 and two, five and six, eight and four. So that's not bad at all. Not bad at all. No. And, uh, uh Love and respect him so much as a as a broadcaster. I didn't want to leave that hanging there and say he didn't win at Colorado. He is great in the radio, isn't he? Yeah, he's really good on the radio. Mike, the week in review. Are you ready for this one? Let's do it. There's much to review. We'll start with this. Alabama 50, Citadel 17. Now, the, the, the final score is the final score. But at halftime, Mike, it was what? 14-14? 10-10. 10-10. So... The level of interest nationally on the Alabama Citadel game at halftime was like people were going crazy about this, right? Because someone finally was challenging Alabama, and of course it was the Citadel. <laughs> it was. There were a lot of amusing things about this. One, so when it was 10-10, I was telling people the final of this game is going to be 45-10 Alabama, and I was, <laughs> ended up coming out a little bit short. I also knew I should have bet on the Citadel plus 51 because uh, – Saban has a long history of not covering against these small these small schools, these sacrificial lambs. I wouldn't put it past Nick Saban if he intentionally tried to not get his team up for this game so they could play poorly in the first half and then he could have their attention for the second half and for the entire Auburn game. He's that maniacal. I would not put it past him. Did you hear his comments after the game? He said, this Citadel doesn't have a single player who could even play on our team and that yet they had us <laughs> tied at 10 10 i was surprised he said that but uh he loves to be able to point out the weaknesses of his own team so i, I think he's happy with the way this game went do you think he's that like deep into it he would actually do I that do. yes yes i do yes i do <laughs> you're putting something by, past him. i wouldn't put anything anything past him by the way that citadel their first touchdown uh, it was the kid's first ever touchdown that he scored in college, and he did that at uh, at Alabama. That's awesome. That's a lifetime memory. Mike, who's more fascinating to you, Kansas Rutgers or the Citadel? 
I would say Kansas Records, but I, you know, I bet you do like the Citadel because they run the triple option. And also, it's a cool name, right? It is a cool name yeah. with the the before it. Yeah, the it's great. The uh, Notre Dame thirty six, Syracuse three. So, Mike, you saw this game and you were texting yes, me, and you you are officially on board. So, this is my question for you. We're recording this on a Tuesday evening. It's eight oh nine. So the the rankings are happening probably soon, right? Now they already happened. They did. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I, um, did Notre Dame jump to number two? There was talk no, they, of them jumping Clemson. They did. They did not. Okay. They are. It's the same. The, the top six unchanged yet again. Uh, here, here. The reason why I think that happened. By the way, I was extremely impressed with Notre Dame. Everything except their uniforms were a disgrace to everyone who has played for or been a fan of Notre Dame. The way they got in bed with the Yankees is sickening. Did you see the way Notre Dame was written in script, Yankee script in the end zone? The whole, the whole thing, thing was, was I mean, I, 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 disgusting. I honestly believe in that. I'll say this, and like, this is not a good – I think those were the worst uniforms in the history of college football. They were a disgrace. They were off. They wouldn't have been that big a disgrace if it had said, let's say Colorado State was playing uh, in Yankee Stadium <laughs> or uh, Vanderbilt. I'm thinking of the, you know, the most random teams I can think of. Okay, you know, I still wouldn't support it. I still wouldn't like it. This is Notre Dame. They are Notre Dame. And to bastardize their uniforms like that, it, uh, it, it's just it's, it's embarrassing. But anyway, w- w- that, enough has been said about that. <laughs> their performance on the field – uh, was fantastic, but I think one of the reasons is Dungy, Syracuse's outstanding quarterback, went out early in this game, and Syracuse's backup did not play well. And the game, the game was a rout. And I'm not saying it wouldn't have been, uh, even if Dungy had stayed in there. But I think because that happened, maybe Notre Dame doesn't get as much credit for for a, a great win as as they would have if Dungy had been in the game the whole time. But again, two and three, that's meaningless. Yes, but Notre Dame, I mean, they look. Like a solid team. A solid, they do. Solid they, team. They, they, they look really, they look really, really good. Both on on both sides of the ball. That's what I would. That's what I'm most impressed with. Uh, their offense, ever since Book has come in there, they've been fantastic. And the defense is fast. They create turnovers. It's it's a it's a good looking solid team right now. Michigan 31, Indiana 20. Mike. So the Hoosiers again, as they played always do. Great. They they hung in there, right? They played hard. Yeah, they played. They played great. They played hard. They played great. Um, they. Ran the ball on Michigan. Stevie Scott had over 140 yards rushing on that vaunted Michigan defense. Indiana put up close to 400 yards. I know over 300 total yards on offense against uh, Michigan. This is a classic look-ahead game for Michigan. Uh, that's not that's not a surprise. Whereas I don't think Ohio State's situation was a look-ahead game to Maryland. We'll get into that later. But uh, Hoosiers always play. Michigan tough. They did again, and uh, they look. They're just not going to beat. <laughs> they're just not going to beat Michigan. It's a, it's a tale of college football. There's there's the haves and the have-nots, and I think we know what side Indiana's on. But it's going to be a tremendous bucket game on Saturday against Purdue. I can't wait for that one. Both teams need to win to become bowl eligible. It's all on the line. Oklahoma fifty-five, Kansas forty. Oklahoma is basically Ohio State, Mike. They can't play defense. Or they're kind of – they could even be UCF. I think UCF-Oklahoma would be a fascinating bowl matchup. I know right. we're not going to get it, but I would love to see Oklahoma-UCF. Uh, yes. Yeah, giving up 40 points to, again, an admittedly improved Kansas team, uh, it just doesn't make you – it doesn't make you excited if Oklahoma were to somehow make the playoff that they could uh, that they could hang in there, although they did last year. But – Washington State sixty nine, Arizona twenty eight. Again, Wazoo just I I keep coming back to like God if they just beat USC and they were in the mix. Oh, no, it'd be so it'd be fun. So great. It'd be right. so fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, Fifty five points for Wazoo at halftime. Yeah. Most points of any Power Five team in any half this season. Cannot wait for the Apple Cup on Friday night. Love that it's on Friday night too. Uh, boy, that's gonna be so. Wouldn't Washington? Washington would. It would make their season to beat uh, Washington State, and not to mention the Huskies would go to the Pac-12 title game. Oklahoma State forty-five, the Mountaineers forty-one. Crushing, another entertaining, another very entertaining game. But a crushing loss for West Virginia. That, that's a that's a crushing loss for them. I mean, they yeah. were having a great year, and like to they've had so many close, amazing games, and for that one to oh, they blew it. They blew it, Mike. 
Well, team. yeah. I mean, they they no defense again, of course, in this game uh, per the standard in the Big 12. And then um, Greer drove him down. They had the ball at the 10 with one last play, one last chance to score with with the second left. It was a highly entertaining game. It's a bad loss, but it's not. I don't think it's as crushing. I don't feel it's as crushing as you do because if they beat Oklahoma, they're in the Big 12 title game. They win the big. They could win the Big 12 and, and go to a a New Year's Six bowl for West Virginia. That's that's an outstanding season. And let's 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 be honest. Even if they had won, even if they ended up a one-loss Big 12 champ, they probably would not still would not have gotten in the playoffs. So, still a lot to play for for the Mountaineers. Ohio State 52, Maryland 51. I I don't know where to game start with this year. game. I mean, yeah. you're right. You said it in the third quarter. This was, without a question, the game of the year. And I don't want to pin this all on Ohio State not being vintage Ohio State. They're not. But, like, Maryland played as well as Maryland has played since the Friedgren. With the game against who? When they, when, when they, when they clinched the ACC, Mike, against who? Was it Clemson back in the day? We were watching together in our Annapolis apartment. Like, oh my God! I can't. You can't. You can't just bring that out at the middle of the podcast. They expect me to remember that. But like that was like Maryland didn't look like Maryland. They, they looked great. They they played, they played almost flawlessly. Right. Until the very very final decision to go for two, which I applaud and continue to support. That was, in my opinion, the absolute right decision. Um, you you have a, a quarterback on the other side who who played as ass off and Haskins was magnificent neither team could stop the other that's why Urban Meyer went for it on fourth down in overtime and what a play call from them to throw it on fourth and one in overtime if you don't complete that pass all Maryland has to do is kick a field goal to win give credit to to um, Urban Meyer for that call give credit to Matt Canada for going to two the play was wide open and Pigram who had a great game just missed the throw and that's why Maryland's Maryland and Ohio State's Ohio State, but the Terps played fantastically. The the fake punt, awesome call. The defense, the running plays that Ohio State gave up were truly disturbing. And I read, this is a good stat, Ohio State has allowed more plays of 40-plus yards than all but seven FBS teams. All but seven. They have one of the worst defenses. We've never seen anything like this. I mean, like they're, and, they're linebackers, again, Name a linebacker. They they're no one. They're no terrible. One. They're yeah. terrible on. De- they're terrible on defense. And this has been talked about a lot in the two days since the game. But Urban Meyer looks like he could possibly die on the field. And I'm not saying that as yeah. a joking. I mean, I, I hopefully I am joking. But he does not look well. He look. You know, he doesn't look well mentally or physically. He he's so anguished after every play. And they, what you could tell, whoever was directing the game for uh, ESPN was they—they they could tell that the real story was Urban Meyer on the sideline because there were so many shots of him hunched over, his head in his hands. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. You—you you didn't know whether he was uh, outraged at the way his team was playing or whether he was, you know, physically ill. But right. uh, I can understand a lot of this speculation about him maybe stepping down after this season because of a history of health problems, what happened at the beginning of the year with the scandal. It's been a long and tough. Is it, is it not amazing Ohio State is 10-1? and one? Again, they are the worst 10-1 and one team I've ever seen in my entire life. They're terrible. But, but they're 10-1. Ten, <laughs> they're ten and one. What does that say about their level of talent, their level of coaching? And, and, I mean, it, it's it's impressive that after everything they've gone through, they're 10-1 and one this year. I'll say and, that if, if, they, if they did not have Haskins – I mean, yeah, he, he yes, he, he's he's he, yeah, he, he's he's a game changer at quarterback, and I still think they have a shot on Saturday against the Wolverines. I really do. UCF thirty-eight, Cincy thirteen. First of all, what an amazing scene at UCF for game day. Kudos to UCF, right, Mike? And yet, yeah, kudos to UCF and kudos for to uh, ESPN Game Day for going to Orlando for that. Right. I didn't. I've never loved anything. I I frequently say that the highlight of my week is 11:59 on Saturday when Lee dumps <laughs> the headgear. That was again, fun last week too. It was a great one. Everything's in front of you. It's it's the it, it's the peak of excitement. When he when he was revealed to be in the full 
costume, the full outfit with the body armor and all of the UCF knight. He comes up with something new every time. It's very hard for him to be continually top himself after what has he been doing this twenty years. But that was great, and he has he has a, a, an interesting affection for his town of Orlando where he lives because he mentions it every show that he lives in Orlando. <laughs> right, um, but UCF, I think for them, that's a lot of pressure on that team, right, to perform yeah. on the national, and they they killed it. So good for them. Um, <laughs> Mike, you saw this game. How thrilling was Penn State 20, Rutgers 7? I had this on my second screen because I had a little vested interest in it. Uh, the best play of the season was Rutgers running that, that pitch <laughs> to the wide receiver. It was the Philly special. Philly around. special. It, it was. And the, guy, the quarterback could not have been more wide open in the end zone. There was no nits even in, on the screen. It was a very good throw right at him. And he just tripped over himself, fell backwards, and dropped it. Uh, and that was that was it for Rutgers. But... What an uninspired performance by Penn State. 20-7 to against a Rutgers team. The guy who started at quarterback for Rutgers had 18 yards passing and two picks. <laughs> and one of those picks was the worst interception I've ever seen in my it life. It was the worst. It was terrible. It was he terrible. threw a, 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 a Hail Mary. I, I'm not quite sure why he threw a Hail Mary in the situation that he did, but he did. And it went right to Penn State. But, you know, Penn State, it's, it's a win and move on game. Texas 24, Iowa State 10 um, didn't didn't see this and neither did anyone because it was on the Longhorn Network. Right, uh, so leave it there. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern twenty four, Minnesota fourteen. Okay, I was I was a little surprised. I I didn't see this, but I saw highlights and I was a little surprised by Northwestern winning that since they had nothing to play for. But I heard a great interview with Pat Fitzgerald, uh, who we just love as a coach. He's got to be in my t- he's definitely in my top five favorite coaches. Uh, he took it. He said he and the and the team took it personally that Minnesota was favored in this game, and they uh, they <laughs> took it. Ball. They they took it to they took it to Minnesota. So all I know is that in two weeks I'll certainly be rooting for the Wildcats in the Big Ten title game against whoever they're playing. It would be. I mean, look, I'll be honest here. As a fan, Mike, I'm rooting for Michigan to beat Ohio State. Okay, and then I'm rooting for Northwestern to beat Michigan. That'd be great, wouldn't yeah. it? That would be. And Northwestern, lest we forget, was up 17 nothing on Michigan earlier this season. Right. And Michigan ended up coming back and winning that game by, I believe, only four. So they have confidence against Michigan. They know they, they can play with them. Mike, the CFP top 25. Are you ready? Yes. but, but uh, All right, I do. I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm, what what, what, what are you going to say? What? No, no, go ahead. Read, read the <laughs> bottom five. I'm going to do uh, five at a time. Ready? Okay. Yeah. 25, Iowa State, 24, Pitt, 23, Boise State, 22, Texas A&M, 22, I'm sorry, <laughs> 25, Iowa State, 24, Pittsburgh, 23, Boise State, 22, A&M, 21, Utah State. Utah State, I like that. What I was going to say is that the AP Top 25, which is completely irrelevant these days ever yeah, since yeah. you know who's ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 1996 army correct yes. army i'd like to just take my hat off to army that i love saying that and if you're the college football playoff committee throw army in there at 25 come on yes i agree mike i agree all right next five ready mike mm-hmm. 20 syracuse 19 northwestern 18 mississippi state 17, Utah, 16, Washington. Hmm. All right. Some middling teams there. I like to ask <laughs> Utah's game against Colorado in the snow. That seemed fun. You don't see a lot of snow games anymore. Uh, the next five, Mike. 15, Kentucky, 14, Texas, 13, West Virginia, 12, Penn State, 11, Florida. They seem to be desperately keeping Penn State and Florida up there, uh, right? Just shout because they, yeah. of, the, yeah. of the New Year's Six bowls, and they know that the, you know those those teams will will travel well. This to me, Mike, I think this is one of the most notable things that's ever happened in the history of this entire system. Ten Ohio State, nine UCF. That is yeah, a you know, stunning rebuke for Ohio State from the committee. That is a smackdown. It. It is, but keep in mind, the committee knows that Ohio State is playing Michigan this week, and we can all agree that if Ohio State beats Michigan, they're going to move way up. So, do you think so? It's kind of it's if Ohio State beats Michigan, yes, they're going to based move on way what up. you saw of Ohio State the entire season. Do you think so? 
Yes. If Ohio State beats Michigan, they're leapfrogging UCF, Tim. There's no way around that. And so I think the committee can pat itself on the back and say, look, we do have an open system. We're ranking UCF ahead of Ohio State, knowing that if Ohio State loses to Michigan, then people will say they're, they're not that good. We saw it all the, all the, the whole season. But if they beat Michigan, they'll move up uh, unquestionably. So I applaud the committee for doing that, but I don't think it's quite as big a deal as you do. I think if UCF played them today, they would they would beat Ohio State. I really do. Uh, that's and I think I think are we all too? And I, as a Penn State fan, um, we enjoyed that game in Denver, Mike. Watching that game, Penn State and Ohio State are essentially the same level team, and they're not they're not they're not top ten quality teams. They're just not. And you were you, you know you've said that all season, especially both those teams, linebacker to secondary, defensive talent overall. Uh, you're right, but. I could see an Ohio State UCF game very much like the Maryland game, but I mean, you think UCF's defense is going to stop Ohio State's uh, quarterback? No. Can Ohio State's defense stop Mackenzie Milton? I don't think so. No, but probably a little bit. Eh, no, but there, it's going to come down to a breaker. I mean, we'll never see this game, obviously, but <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, this is college football talk for you right here. It's all about hypotheticals. All right, uh, eight Washington State, seven L- LSU is still there, Mike, for some reason. That, yeah, that is crazy. Uh, I, again, I think they just want to keep them up there to get them to a New Year's Six ball. But uh, interestingly enough, LSU an underdog at Texas A&M this week. Hmm. Uh, six Oklahoma, five Georgia, and of course the top four. It's it's still yeah. obvious to me. It's four Michigan, three Notre Dame, two Clemson, one Bama, and I think um, all due respect to Clemson. This is not a not a reflection of what Clemson has not done. I think Notre Dame has looked so good that they deserved a nod to get to number two. I thought like they look uh, Notre Dame looks really good. Well, I mean Clemson kind of slept walked through their game against Duke and won thirty five to six. Essentially the same score Syracuse beats uh, or uh, Notre Dame beats Syracuse by. So I don't know. It's it's quibbling and it doesn't matter. So Mike. You ready for the games of the week? It's Couldn't a, it be is more a ready. jam-packed schedule. We'll start with Thursday evening. So after you ingest your turkey and possibly your second meat and all your <laughs> stuffings, right, you have the Egg Bowl. Mike, explain to people who don't understand what the Egg Bowl is all about, what the Egg Bowl is all about. Uh, it's about hatred <laughs> for an interstate rivalry, which that's what so many great, so many of these great college football rivalries boil down to. Um, there was a great piece on ESPN.com. I think it was Mark Schlebaugh. He he wrote basically breaking down each one of these rivalries, the trophy they play for, what player or coach one team hates the most out of out of all of them. And this one, it was clear, Mississippi hates the Mississippi State writer who turned in right <laughs> uh, Ole Miss for, for violations and basically got you freeze fired for calling uh, escorts on the road. So that that was an easy one. But I love the fact that this was moved back to, to Thursday night. As you know, I Tim, I'm, I have the luxury of having family in the area. So I go spend all day with my family at Thanksgiving and then I get the privilege of then leaving my family, <laughs> driving back to Baltimore and having uh, doing whatever I want and which is usually this weekend or this year especially it will be drinking white russians and watching the egg bowl. I can't think of a better way to end Thanksgiving night. It's called the egg bowl of and I, this is the, the greatest thing about this. It's called the egg bowl because way back when they created a trophy for this for this game 1960 I believe. Which was it, it's a football but they they did it poorly. And it looks more like an egg than a football. <laughs> so it's called the egg ball. I love that. That's yep. just like Ole Miss, <laughs> Ole Miss 11-point underdogs uh, this year. And, you know, Tim, what do you think the Grove is like on Thanksgiving? I, you know, I've never really even thought about that. Can you imagine the quality of turkeys that are being prepared and served at the Grove on thank, uh, for, for an egg ball on Thanksgiving? I, I think it's, it's a lot of, like, those, those deep-fried turkeys, right? Oh, God, those are going to be – that would be so delicious. Hmm. Uh, UCF at South Florida, four fifteen on Friday, Mike. Now, South Florida is seven and four. They're terrible, though. You think so? Oh yeah, they get, their defense is worse than they've been giving up. Well, they, first of all, they started was it five zero or six and zero, and so they've they've lost 
either four in a row or four of their last five, something like that. Why well, were you were you saying let down possibility for the Knights? I mean, it's I'm just putting out. What's the line here, Mike? It would make sense. Uh, UCF favored by 14 on the road. Yeah, it's a big line, right? It is. I, I can I can see where your thought process is. Um, not usually not an electric atmosphere there at uh, Raymond James Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Bucks, a college team playing in an NFL stadium. You know what we think about that, right? Um, so I do like Charlie Strong and the job that he's done, but I would solidly lean Knights in this one. 8 p.m. Friday, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Now, first, what a fun game that is, right, Mike? Oh, Friday after Thanksgiving, all day tailgating in Morgantown, a place where I've been and watched a game. Saw the uh, Mountaineers take on my Terps a few years ago. That is going to be a wild atmosphere. An elimination game. Winner goes to the Big 12 championship. Loser is out, basically, unless I think it's unless Texas loses to Kansas. Um, then West Virginia would get in even if they lose to Oklahoma, I believe. But Texas is not going to lose to Kansas with everything on the line. So this is essentially an elimination game. Oklahoma, one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The points, the over-under is 84. Mike, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head right now. Can you think of a more combustible biggest party situation than an <laughs> 8 p.m. kick on the Friday after Thanksgiving at West Virginia, right? So everyone's been off the day before. You have two days after that still <laughs> to yeah, continue. To recover. And you're hosting Oklahoma. This The entire town could be on a fire. Yeah, with everything on the line. You're, you're right. And I like how you said I'm doing the math with this. Good, That was good math because – there, uh, it'd be it'd be very very difficult to find a situation uh, more apt for partying than that. The Apple Cup, Mike Washington at Washington State, eight thirty p.m. Friday. Wow. Now, I only have, I only have one complaint about this. I wish it started a little later, especially with West Virginia. The West Virginia games at eight. I could go for a good good nine thirty kick for this one, but uh, uh, Washington State. Three-point favorite at home in the Palouse against Washington. Everyone's kind of forgotten about the Huskies. They're 8-3, and three, and if they win this game, they go to the Pac-12 championship game. Chris Peterson has owned Mike Leach and the Cougars. He's 4-0 against him. Uh, so this this is going to be a close a close game, but it seems like something special is going on there, Washington State, uh, with, with Minshew and, and that team, doesn't it? Yes, that's all Friday games. And then... I, I do love this bike. Again, it's a native Ohio. I love that Michigan Ohio State is still a noon Saturday kick. It's fantastic. Always, right? always a noon kick. And I yeah. heard on the radio today, Urban Meyer, 30-0 and 0, uh, in noon games. Really? 30-0 yeah, and 0, I heard on the radio at, at Ohio State in noon games. Also, this is the first time Ohio State has been an underdog in any football game since 2014 in the championship <laughs> game. That's amazing. Is that not amazing? And they're, and it's even more amazing that they're a four-point underdog at home. So a lot of people are saying, and I'm sure you're one of them, you seem to be one of them, that this game is a foregone conclusion for Michigan. I don't no, think so. No, I don't, I don't agree. No, I don't agree. Oh, I thought, I thought you thought that. No. Um, this is one of those games where there's no doubt in my mind Michigan's a better team top to bottom. Like – they're better offensively, defensively, and right now they're better coached. Yes. But as we know, Mike, confidence game. Who do you think believes yeah. they'll win the game? Absolutely. They uh, Michigan hasn't won in Columbus since 2000. They, right. The, the players on their team, some of the players on their team, were not born the last time Michigan won in a game in Columbus. Right. And so, if one thing goes wrong for Michigan early. They could be in trouble. You're absolutely right. So I think it's going to be a classic game. I'm I'm psyched for it. If you're Urban Meyer, and you win the toss, Mike, do you do you defer or do mm. you take the ball? I think you defer, let Michigan take the ball, and then bet that your defense for the first time the entire year will show up. And if you stop them the first drive, it changes the whole script, right? That's true. I mean, that I think you're right because. Let's say you don't stop them. You you have to have confidence that your offense is going to come back and score because if your offense doesn't score, like they they need to play 
outstanding on both phases to beat Michigan, right? Look at some of the games they've won in this month. They beat Nebraska by five. They beat Maryland by one. They had a kind of a sleepy win over Minnesota. If they play anything like that, they're going to they're gonna lose badly and convincingly to Michigan. So they have to play a lot, lot better than they've been playing. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good that's a good move. Georgia Tech at Georgia noon. Now, of course, we agree. Georgia is rounding into form fantastically. They're talented. They're a great team, top to bottom. Kirby's building something big there. The only danger here is that you're playing an option team. <laughs> right? They've won is, six out of seven, Georgia Tech. Which you don't you don't want to play that, right, on this random week late in the season. So there's always that danger. You, you just have to figure, though, that Georgia's talent wins out in the end, right? Georgia's talent wins out, and Georgia is used to playing this kind of uh, offense. And in fact, they play Georgia Tech every year. Clean, old-fashioned hate. There's a lot of great rivalry game names. This is in the top three. Yes, I agree. The Qs at Boston College, Mike. Noon. An under-the-radar great game. <laughs> I would say that's pretty under-the-radar. Is this a traditional rivalry game? <laughs> yeah, back B- in the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> BC minus seven. Uh, eight and three Syracuse, seven and four BC. Good year for both of them. We're not sure whether Dungy is playing or not. I believe uh, that's the last I heard. So if he's playing, I'm taking Syracuse. If not, I'll probably take Boston College. Here's the sad bowl, Mike. Florida at Florida State noon. I think that this could be an upset here for Florida State. They come through with a miracle one point win over Boston College to keep their streak of 36 straight bowls appearances alive at least they have to beat florida to go six and six and become bowl eligible willie taggart was talking about it ad nauseum after the game about how important that is to him and all the fans in florida state florida comes in what does florida have to play for play for not much well, maybe actually a bit a, a new year's six ball but i don't know something tells me that uh that the Knolls will will keep this close and this will be uh this will be a close game uh, florida five and a half point favorite for the noon kick mike the next game has there ever been a lower profile Iron Bowl than Auburn at Bama three thirty? <laughs> like who who cares, right? And and yet I still think Auburn name something important about Auburn. Do like what what are they as a team? And there's no there's no there's no attention to this game at all. People are taking it for granted. And like of course Bama should win the game. But is it that impossible that Auburn makes a game? Like, especially given it is the Iron Bowl? Yes, it, it is that impossible, and I'll tell you why. Because, and, and my how quickly we forget, Auburn beat Alabama last year. Yeah. And that was, now that game was in Auburn. Uh, of course, everybody forgets about that because Alabama went on to win the national championship. But the way Nick Saban has this team playing and the fact that they won last year, uh, they're, they're going to have all of Alabama's attention, and it's a 24-and-a-half-point spread. So to answer your question, yes, I do think it's that crazy to think it'll be a game. But I can't – to answer your other question, I can't remember an Iron Bowl that was this far down the list right. of game people are interested in. And th- some of that is Alabama fatigue. Some of that is even if they lose a close game and uh, they're, they're, they're already clinched the SEC championship game, even unlike last year. Uh, so they're they're – they're going to the playoff unless they lose their last two, which can anyone even imagine a scenario where that happens? Mike, Maryland at Penn State. I'll be frank. If Maryland <laughs> plays like Maryland played last week and Penn State plays like they played last week, Maryland wins the game. Penn State looked awful last week. They, T- they did, and, and, and Maryland looked great. But here's my, my thinking on this game. Maryland just can't have anything left in the tank after after what happened on Saturday. They, they played the game of the year, maybe the best game I've seen them play in, in several years. They left it all on the field. They lost the game. Now they go on the road um, against, again, a Penn State team. Really, what do they have to play for? Maybe if they lose, they don't go to a New Year's Six Bowl. But is that the kind of thing college kids think about? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bore. I think we can both agree agree with that right Penn State 13 and a half point favorite um so you're right if Penn if they play like they did last week it'll be a game but I don't see that happening South Carolina at Clemson 7 p.m so what's the mood of your compadres any any concern here Mike no (laughs) No. Clemson I mean Clemson's a juggernaut Clemson is 
possibly just as good as Alabama. They're 11-0. They've won 50-plus games over the last four years. Uh, they're about to go to their, what, fourth straight playoff? Yeah, their yeah. fourth straight playoff. They, uh, you, you just, it'd be disingenuous to get worried about these games at this point, I think. Carol, well, South Carolina is a very middling 6-4 and four team. The game is at Clemson. It's a night game. I just I don't see any problems coming. By the way, they're 26.5 point favorite. They are a bigger favorite against South Carolina than Auburn is, or than Alabama is against Auburn. LSU at A&M, 730. And this is what I was saying. I was very surprised to see this line. Uh, Texas A&M favored over LSU. I, I was. Uh, does that surprise you? A two and a half point favorites, Texas A&M. Uh, no, because LSU, like, what? What are they? We even know what yeah, they are. Yeah, they're they're the the committee so badly wants them to be good, but <laughs> they're good, but they're just they're not great, and they're not a team that's going to blow anybody out, really. No. You know, except for Georgia. Notre Dame at USC, 8 p.m. Any chance here, Mike, for something crazy to happen? This is the one I do keep hearing people say maybe there is a chance. I mean, Notre Dame flying all over the entire country all all month has been well documented. You got a USC team that is playing for bowl eligibility, possibly to save its coach's job, although no one knows if they even want that coach to come back. It'll probably be what a very high percentage of Notre Dame fans in the Coliseum, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Ten and a half point spread for Notre Dame. I don't, as much as I want, you know, it's a, it's the only really good a late game this week and you want it to be good. You want it to be important. Um, as much as I want to say uh, USC has a chance. I don't know. I don't, I don't really see it. Finally, Mike BYU at Utah, 10 PM. That's a great game, huh? The Holy war. Uh, yes. Utah favored by 13, uh, six and five BYU, eight and three Utah. Again, a, kind of an odd game in that Utah is playing next week in the PAC 12 title game, no matter what. But, uh, yeah, from everything I've read, I've never really watched a lot of this game, but I, I hear that there's legitimate dislike between these two programs. It is spirited. Yes. Mike. Yeah. Our picks last week were what? Whoa, 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 what? whoa, whoa, what? whoa, whoa. Are you saying that the bucket game is not I'm on your sorry. breakdown? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Four-point spread, Purdue favorite, <laughs> coming in, losing two. Indiana, both team, classic bucket game in that both teams are five and six. One will win to be, go to a bowl, likely the pinstripe bowl. One will lose to go home. Uh, Indiana provided young Tyler Trent with tickets to this game. He, and Tyler sent a shout-out to the Hoosiers on uh, on Twitter. I wanted to mention that. Uh, I will be watching this game. Unfortunately, the, my, my friend from Purdue, who I've uh, watched this game with uh, traditionally and historically, will not be in town this week, so I'm going to go out with some other friends and watch it. I'll be taking my own replica mini old oak and bucket trophy to the bar. Nice. It was it was a lot better when I could uh, we could award it, actually, to the Purdue fan if, if they won or, or I could – Hold it high and exalted victory over my head if if the Hoosiers won. But I'll be uh, I'll be psyched for this one. Got to go out and watch it because you have to watch uh, Michigan Ohio State during the same time period. But uh, I am going with Indiana plus four, no doubt about it. It could be a field goal game either way. But I give the Hoosiers a big chance to win this one. Purdue got a lot of kick. They still have a, a good offense, but they got a lot of juice from beating Ohio State, and they've just not been great ever since then. If people right. have failed to see that, but. That's your lock, Mike? No, it's not my lock. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's a game I'm taking, but it's not my lock, no. All right, no. so backing up. So our picks last week were what? Uh, my pick, I won my sixth straight pick. Now, here's the thing. I picked Navy over Tulane last week, minus five. Right. And Navy did beat a team that started with T-U-L, but they were playing Tulsa. <laughs> Now everything, all the stats I cited in the pick, those were all, uh, those were all Tulsa stats. But I continued to call them Tulane, and uh, it was pointed out to me by a few listeners. Now Tulane also failed to cover against Houston, so maybe I should get two points uh, for that win. But ironically, Navy plays uh, Tulane this week. I'm not going to take that as my lock of the week, but uh, one six in a row, six and six. You took Pitt. Minus seven, they had a comfortable win over Wake to to uh, cash their ticket to go to Charlotte for the ACC championship game. So you're five and seven. Good wins for both of us. Bobby hit the bumper. Plays bets on college football. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked. 
shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't care. I don't. Push I never push have, push and I never will. Yeah, right. In my younger 50-50 possible rock, probable loser of the week. Please hang up and try again. Tim, for this week's Lock of the Week, we are headed down to beautiful Chapel Hill, North Carolina, home oh of the pit, home of the pitiful <laughs> North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, they're they're taking on their arch rival NC State this week. NC State a seven point favorite. The underdog has won five in a row against the spread in this series on the road, and North Carolina State four and one against the number against the Tar Heels. North Carolina is terrible. NC State's a solid team. They can beat them by more than a touchdown. I'm taking the pack minus seven. Mike, I am all in on the Gators covering five and a half against really? the Bulls. Yes, I am. Despite I mean, like, fight my warnings. Yes, I am. Why? Yeah. Just because you think uh, Florida State's that bad, or do you think Florida they're terrible? They're they're a terrible team. They really are. They are. They yeah. are. They are. But they're at home. Uh, I don't know. I I would uh, tell you I would lean Florida State. What's your level of confidence? Seven. Wow. All right. That's that's going to be a little higher than I. I'd say seven, I'm seven two on, on the pack just because I've won six in a row. So, uh, Mike. So again, give me your entire weekend in a, a encapsulated fashion, from, oh, from it's, Wednesday it's gonna... Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> well, Wednesday, uh, I'm going to a local bar in Fells Point, Baltimore, lovely Baltimore, Maryland, where a bunch of local musicians are performing the last waltz. Oh my God! Yeah, how great is that going to be? Right. Uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving, retire back to the, the casa for White Russians and the Egg Bowl. Friday, I'll be out and about. Probably will watch the. I probably will go out Friday night to watch because there's two games on that I need to watch: uh, the Apple Cup and West Virginia. Saturday, going out during the noon window because there's a million games you got to watch at noon. Probably will watch the Iron Bowl at 3.30, and then uh, we'll see where the night takes us. A lovely weekend, Mike, huh? Oh, it, it, it doesn't get any better than that, Timmy. What about yourself? After you after you select your second meet? I'm going to cook from tonight until Thursday, and then we'll see, Mike. We'll see. <laughs> that's that's good quality content there for the <laughs> yes. listeners. All right. All right, folks. One thing to say, Mike, right? We'll have a great Thanksgiving uh, and, of course, Pachas. Pachas. Thank you for listening to the TCFA Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.